Well, praise the Lord. Once again, this is Pastor Jerry coming to wherever you're at. Again, it is always an honor and a privilege to bring the Word of God to you. I'm so grateful for you listening in and watching, however it is you're uh, connecting with us. Again, uh, we encourage you to uh, let, us, let us hear from you. Praise God. Give us a testimony, a prayer request, whatever. Praise God. We just uh, uh, love to connect with you and love to hear, hear about what's going on out wherever you are. Praise God. So we're going to dive right into the Word of God today. We're going to go into the book of Acts today. Acts chapter 10 is where we're going to start. <clears throat> Acts chapter 10. And I'm going to go <clears throat> to verse 38. And what we have in context, this is uh, Peter preaching at Cornelius' household. But he just makes a statement. I'm going to use that just and then kind of move on uh, for sake of time. And it just said this, talking about the Lord, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. Hallelujah. Went about doing good and healing all, amen, who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. One of the clear things about this verse is it makes it, be, it, makes it known, amen, God's good, devil bad. All right. Today we're going to talk about knowing the difference. Amen. Because uh, in this day and age, it just seems like out there, there's a lot of folks getting things confused. And so I just thought today, I just want to talk about uh, knowing the difference. Amen. We have a good God. We have a bad enemy. Come on now. And uh, we're just going to look at it a little bit. We have a God that's out to heal and deliver and set the captive free. And we have an enemy that all he's trying to do is steal, kill, and destroy. And so any, anyway, let's look at this verse again, who, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, as I said earlier, a lot of times there's just, uh, you know, especially in this day and age, a lot of things being confused out there. And Isaiah chapter 5, um, verse 20 says this, Woe to those who call evil good, and good evil. In other words, they get it confused, all right? Who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who uh, put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Now, you think, you know, uh, most people wouldn't get any of that kind of stuff confused, okay? When you, the difference between bitter and sweet, I mean, that you wouldn't think that'd be uh, that hard to confuse that, but it's amazing what gets confused. Uh, light and dark, you know, what What's of the light? What's of the dark? You'd think that that wouldn't be hard to confuse, but a lot of folks getting confused. Are you hearing me? All right, now, what's good, evil, or evil, good, amen? And nowadays, that's what we're seeing. People are calling the, those things out there that should be re referred to as evil as something good. And the, what should be referred to as, as good, they're calling it evil, all right? And that's just kind of how it is right now in our, in our day and age. And so today, I just kind of wanted to look at a few verses, some things, uh, just to kind of give you clarity Amen, that we have a good God and we have a bad enemy, all right? So with that said, we're going to go to the Gospel of John, chapter 10, a real common verse for this one, all right? John chapter 10, please. All right, John 10, and it says this in verse 10, of course, Jesus talking, of course, he's referring to himself as the good shepherd, and out there, there's, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, Harlot, or I mean, uh, um, uh, there are those out there that are just, uh, you know, thieves. Uh, they're not there for, for, for the sheep. They're there to take, all right? And um, hirelings is, is what it's referred to. And so anyway, the, the point is, is that what he's bringing out here is a real clear 
description of who your enemy is and what your enemy does and who he is, all right? And verse 10, all right, says the thief, all right, does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. In other words, to bring ruin, to take life and to bring ruin. But I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly, all right? So the enemy comes to take life. He says, but I've come to give life, okay, a big difference. Okay, big difference, light or dark, amen, right? Good, evil, all right? All right, so the enemy's here to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, let's um, look at that. It says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, it makes it pretty clear. Uh, he's here to, uh, to do damage, all right? Uh, the Passion Translation says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in the fullness, until you overflow. Hallelujah. That's the Passion Translation right there. The Message Translation brings it out that he's come, I'm talking about Jesus, he's come to give you real and eternal life, a better life than you ever dreamed of. The Amplified brings out that you may have life and enjoy it and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. The New Living Translation brings it out. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, obviously, in this text, a lot of times we focus primarily on what, uh, you know, what Jesus has come to do. And obviously implies that uh, in Him there's a different kind of life, a different kind of way to live, praise God, a better life for you or me, an abundant life, the God kind of life it's, it's referred to as. Amen. Zoe life is the actual Greek word there which means absolute life, and it just means pure life or absence of death or darkness or the curse. So absent from the death, pardon me, absent from death, all right, darkness or the curse, all right, abundant life or the life of God. Amen. Now, the word abundant here means exceedingly beyond, superabundant, superior in quality. It also refers to giving an advantage, okay? So the life that he's given you is a life with, filled with the advantage, okay? Not shortcuts, but advantages, all right? Praise God. Now, the thing I'm going to try to bring out in, in some of this is we're talking about the difference between good and evil, okay, light and dark, you know, the enemy versus uh, the good shepherd, all right? A good God, a bad enemy. Part of it is you have to understand that the enemy is always out here to try to deceive, always trying to somehow manipulate, okay? Now, in fact, he's referred to as a devourer, as the father of lies. He's referred to, talking about the enemy now, referred to as the deceiver, even at, at one place referred to as an angel of light. In other words, he tries to come in there and make it look like it's something of God when it's not. All right. The word says he's the accuser of the brethren. So he's always pointing, get, getting, you know, pointing fingers at everybody and getting you to join in with that. All right. It's referred to as the ruler of this world, and then we're talking about the world system, okay? Uh, the God of this age, it talks about, and actually the whole point of that then is he comes, the word says, to blind the minds of mankind, all right? To keep us blinded, all right? He's also referred to as the tempter. I mean, so we get all kinds of uh, uh, things and words in here that kind of define who he is, okay? In this text here, he comes to steal, to kill, destroy. There ain't nothing about that that's good, all right? And the enemy is, is uh, pretty manipulative in how he does it. And also, he tries, you know, he's not too bad at what he does, all right, as far as how, uh, you know, how uh, 
thorough he is, all right? He's the kind of guy that'll just steal everything you got, hit you with the bus, back up, run you over again. That's kind of how he works, okay? And so you have to understand that that's just how the enemy operates, all right? And what he's trying to do is really trying to get you to not walk or live in the abundant life that you're called to. The in God, okay, it's a better way of living. It's just the facts. Now, I think most of the people I'm talking to say, well, yeah, duh, pastor, we get that. We, 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 we already know that. Well, it's amazing how people forget it, okay, when everything's going on the way it is and how we forget that we have an enemy, all right? The Word says that your enemy is not with flesh and blood. It's not human uh, that's, that's your, uh, your enemy. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of humans being used by the enemy to try to mess up your day. Well, there's no doubt about that. But you have to understand you have one enemy. Okay, one good God and one bad enemy, all right? And he's out to constantly manipulate, deceive, destroy, and take, all right? And that's what he does. Now, what we're going to do here, we're going to go from, we're going to go, um, let's see, to uh, back to Acts 10 again. And I'm going to just, again, read this again, and then kind of use it again to spin off with what I have for you today. Verse 38 of Acts 10, again, says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, here we go, and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, whatever the enemy's trying to do, the enemy, or, you know, whatever the enemy's trying to take or steal or, you know, in this place to oppress, okay, you have to understand God's, you know, sent his son, right, to come, come in and heal, bring deliverance. Bring life, okay? The enemy is the taker of life, the taker of... Now, when I'm talking about life, I ain't just talking about, you know, snuff your life out permanent necessarily. It, it definitely does lead to that. But we're talking about just come to mess up your day. Try to make the life that you live every day a day that, you know, it's not a very good day, all right? He just wants to do that. He just constantly wants to, uh, to take, okay? Whereas Jesus come along to make sure you have the abundant life. A life filled with good, uh, filled uh, a life that you can enjoy, I think it was the Amplified brought out, right? To the full till it overflows, praise God. That's the kind of life you're called to live, all right? Now, with that said, okay, Jesus has come to basically uh, eliminate what the enemy's done, all right? That's what he's here to do, or came to do, I should say. All right, so with that said, we're going to go to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. And I don't want to, uh, you know, confuse what we're doing here. We're talking about knowing the difference, okay, knowing the difference. There's a lot of things I could go down, a lot of rabbit trails I could go with this. Um, but I'm just trying to bring clarity here, okay. We have a good God, we have a bad enemy, all right. And we need to know the difference and be aware of the difference, all right. So 1 John chapter 3, please. Hallelujah. Let's see here. 1 John chapter 3. And... Um, we're going to go verse 8. That'll work. Verse 8 just says this. Uh, he who sins is of the devil. In other words, it practices sin is what that refers to. Uh, for the devil has sinned uh, from the beginning. For this purpose, okay, for this purpose, here we go, the Son of God was manifested. Okay, this was his purpose. Now, the enemy's purpose was to take, to steal, to destroy. That's what, he, that's what his purpose was. But Jesus' purpose came, hallelujah, he was manifest. Why? That he might destroy the works of the devil. He came to eliminate those kind of things. You know, it's amazing how people get that confused. 
You know, it's like uh, we many times we use for illustration when the disciples one time, when they all came out, uh, went through a town, they came out the other side, and obviously the people kind of turned their nose up at Jesus and everybody, and uh, well, they wanted to call fire down, you know, on them. They thought this is what, you know, what we should do, and and Jesus addressed them. He said, you don't even know what spirit you're of. In other words, you got something confused here, okay? You, you're, not, you're, not, you're not picking this up right, okay? You, you, you're not catching this, all right? He says, the Son of Man, I didn't come here, all right? I didn't come here to destroy lives. I came, amen, to save lives, to, to give life, not take life, all right? So they got that confused, all right? I mean, I, I always think about uh, uh, when the disciples were addressing, you know, who, uh, who Jesus was trying to, you know, really get it figured out. And, and, and uh, they asked the question, you know, well, show us, the, you know, show us the Father, you know, because Jesus had made a statement about that. He said, well, show us the Father. He said, well, listen, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. See, they were, they were confused on some things, all right? He says, listen, if, if, if you can see, if you're seeing me right now, then you're seeing the Father. In other words, the things that I do is what the Father does, because I don't do anything outside the Father. I don't say anything unless he leads me to say it. I don't do anything unless it leads me to do it, all right? And I think, uh, you know, this kind of really fits with this, because a lot of times there's things that are going on, and people have a tendency to say, well, that, you know, God's doing that, or where's God when you need him, or, or all kinds of stuff. They get confused about what's going on and, and who their God is and what God will do and what God has done and all that. They just get it confused, all right? We have a good God and a bad enemy. And a lot of times, it's not what it is, is the enemy has slid in there and began to mess with people's lives, all right? Taking, stealing, destroying, deceiving, okay? Manipulating, all right? Accusing, all the things that he does, lies, all right? To try to get people, amen, to get caught up in it and pretty soon they just start accepting it like it's something from above when it isn't from above, all right? So that's why we're addressing these kind of things. So he says here, the Son of Man came for what? This purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Let's look at another reference. We'll go to Hebrews, since we ain't too far away from there. Hebrews chapter 2, please. And I'm going to read um, verse 14 and 15. Yeah, Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15, it says this, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. Now he explains who. That is who? The devil. So the devil had the power of death. He doesn't anymore. He's been stripped of his authority. All right, which we may look at a verse or two on that here in a minute. But the point is this, okay? All right. The enemy, the enemy had the power of death. He don't have it anymore, all right? Now, he still manipulates and still deceives people and still somehow slithers in there and, and starts controlling situations that, that he's got no business uh, being a part of. But Jesus came to destroy the one who had the power of death. And verse 15 says, and release those who through fear of death, all right, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So again, we're seeing good God, bad devil, all right? Devil comes to bring destruction. He's come to bring people uh, in a place of bondage, all right? And he's come to bring life, to bring health, uh, to bring salvation, amen, deliverance, amen, to pull people out of bondage, all right? Out of the dark, all right, into the light, praise God. We have a good God and a bad enemy, 
All right, let's look at another verse here. I'm going to go to Luke chapter 10 this time. Luke chapter 10. I hope you got an ear to hear it today. Amen. You know, um, a lot of times when I get on these uh, things, you know, when, you know, for the most part, the crowd that I'm probably talking to, and definitely the ones that that attend our our uh, fellowship, um, I mean, they they, you know, I'm not telling them anything they don't know here. I'm probably not telling you anything you don't know. But there's a lot of people out there who don't know it, and there's a lot of times when we ourselves get some things confused. All right. I just had the privilege this week of ministering and talking to somebody who is just trying to make heads or tails of all this stuff going on. And, uh, you know, and I had to, I just took a few minutes and just explained, listen, you know, you know, you might think God's behind all this, you know, and, but he's not. All right. We have an enemy. And I explained that to him, you know, and I find myself having to do that quite often anymore. All right. And trying to remind people. All right. We have an enemy. All right. Now, we're not giving the enemy any glory. We're not giving the enemy any, uh, you know, any more, uh, you know, power or anything like that. But we're exposing the enemy. And if you know who God is and you know who your enemy is and you have an awareness of who you are, you're not as apt to be deceived. You're not as apt to have the wool pulled over your eyes, so to speak. You're not as apt to be taken under and dragged under the bus. You're not as apt to be stolen from. All right. You ain't you ain't as apt to be. Uh, to give the enemy place uh, to take or steal or, or destroy in any area of your life. You're not as apt to do that when you're aware of who your God is, right? Who your enemy is and who you are as a child of God. And that's just the fact. Now we're going to go to Luke 10. And this is um, Jesus talking to the disciples. Now they had, uh, he sent them out, you know, 70 of them out, two by two, you know, going out and ministering uh, to people. And they came back and were all excited about the things they saw. And in the midst of that, he said this, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, I love that because he's, he's letting it be known. Listen, I'm giving you the power and authority now to, to use that, amen, to take jurisdiction, so to speak, over the enemy. All right? Now, the reason I want to bring it out, God's good, devil bad. We don't want to confuse that. We want to know the difference. But you also need to know, all right, that you have authority over the enemy, all right? Now, a lot of places, and I probably ain't got time to go into all of them, but I, I think about things like the, the, the Lord brought this out in Revelation. He says that I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And, the, and it really refers to keys uh, to the unseen realm, keys to... Uh, to, to destructive forces, okay, I now have the keys of that. In other words, you strip the enemy of that, okay? And we, we know the scripture, he says, I've given you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. That's John, or probably Matthew 16. Now, anyway, the point I'm trying to bring at is it's just another way of showing you that you've been given authority by a good God to take authority over a bad enemy, all right? And if you know the difference, all right, you're more apt to stand up and take authority over it instead of just accepting it as life happening or something like that. So you're called to abundant life, and that life should be flowing through you. Amen. Not you just somehow, you know, living life out there as some mundane average thing like most people out there who don't know God. And that's, that's not what you're called to live. You're called to live the abundant life in God. 
You have a good God, a bad enemy. And a good God gave you authority and dominion over a bad enemy. And you have to be aware of that, all right? And the more you call the enemy out on the carpet, the more apt you're going to walk in the abundant life you're called to. Amen. Now, in this text, he's letting it be known. I've given you authority to trample and to tread. I think one translation says to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the, all the, power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's a pretty good promise right there. But you got to be, you know, you got to know the difference. Okay, if you're going to be calling uh, what's evil good and what's good evil, or what's light dark and what's dark light, and what's bitter sweet and what's sweet bitter, if you have a tendency to get that all confused, what's going to happen is you're never going to take authority over the enemy. You're going to let the enemy continue to ransack your, your life and your household. And nobody wants that. But if you're not aware, if you're not aware of the difference, if you don't know the difference and you're not settled on it, God is always good, the devil's always bad. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation nor shadow of turning. There is no wavering on that. God is always good. All right? The enemy is always bad. He's the father of lies. All right? He's, he's the one behind it all. All right? manipulates, deceives, accuses, all right? And anytime that mess is going on, you know who the author of it is. But anytime good is manifesting, you know who the author of that is. Now, if you understand where your enemy or who your enemy is and what's going on and that that is of the enemy, you're more apt to stand up as a child of God and take authority over that mess, all right? It doesn't take much. It just You just stand in the authority that's already been given you. And in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb, amen. Of course, this might be a whole other sermon, but the bottom line is that He's given you tools. He's given you, in a sense, weapons. Even the sword of the Spirit, you know, the Word of God. All right, all this becomes weapons that are used, amen, against your enemy. Remember, a bad enemy. There ain't nothing good about it. And so anytime bad is manifesting, you know who the author of it is. And you then can take the authority that's been given to you and stand your ground, praise God, take authority over that enemy, amen, and watch him flee, praise God, hallelujah. And with that said, let's go to, um, let's go to James 4. James 4. All right, James 4. Let's see here. Hope you're hearing this today. Praise the Lord. You know, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me both in heaven and on earth. And then he commissioned the disciples to go ye into all the world. That's part of the Great Commission. But before he commissioned them, before he gave them the authority to do that, he says, listen, all the authority, all the authority has been given unto me now. See, the price that he paid, all he did, he gained back all the authority, took everything away from them. So the enemy's been stripped of his authority. See, if Jesus has all the authority, then somebody out there is missing some. Got it? Okay. So then Jesus, what he did is he turned around and then he gave you and commissioned you to go ye into all the world. And he told you to go cast out devils, right? Come on now. Heal the sick, right? Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead, right? Freely you receive, freely give. I mean, this is, this is part of your commission, all right? Why, now how, why is it you have that commission? Because you've also been given authority to go do that, praise God. So all this mess that's going on on planet Earth, 
That's for you and me to take care of. Amen. And we're all sitting back sometimes waiting for God to handle everything. When God says, listen, I've already given you the power, and now go do it. So you got to go do this. You know, I always uh, get amazed that uh, a lot of times people say, well, just let go and let God. Well, that's, that's kind of dangerous because it depends, you know, if you don't know who he is and who your enemy is and who you are, uh, just to let go and let God may just be giving the enemy more place to, to ransack your life. A lot of times people just assume that everything that happens is God, which is a deception, which is, uh, you know, uh, a manipulation by the enemy, hoping that you'll believe that, so that he'll continue to take. Remember, he's here only, uh, you know, you know, his one purpose, his one goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. All right. So sometimes we get that confused. All right. Are you still with me? Now, James chapter four, a common text here again, but it says, therefore, submit to God. All right. So in a sense here, it's talking about uh, yielding or surrender to God. In other words, take your cues from God, submit to God. Then it said, resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. But you got to resist the enemy. Okay. That's opposed Stand against, okay? Take your, take your stand against the enemy. First it says take your cues from God, just like what Jesus did. This, this is how Jesus lived. He submitted to God. He resisted the enemy. And every time the enemy flee, okay? I don't know if that was proper English, but you get the point. All right? So he first submitted to God. So in other words, I don't do anything unless I hear the Father uh, uh, show me or see it. Or here, you know, if he says something, then I, I hear it, I follow it. If he, sh- he showed me something or said, asked me to say something, that's what I do. Okay, that's what he follows. So he takes his cues from God. He turns around, resists the enemy. The enemy flees. Now he's telling you the same thing. This is what the book of James is telling us. Okay, this is what James said. He said, listen, if you take your cues from God, you submit yourself to him, and you turn and then you resist your enemy, the enemy's got to go. That's a promise. All right. Again, it's showing you uh, the difference. Okay. You gotta, you gotta submit yourself to God, and you gotta resist your enemy. Now, the reason I brought this up is because sometimes we get that confused because we don't know the difference. So, what we do sometimes is we resist God, and we take, come on now, we take our cues from the enemy. We resist God, and we submit ourselves to the enemy. A lot of folks do it. A lot of Christians do that. Okay, now listen, I'm not condemning anybody. It's just sometimes because we we get things confused, we have a tendency to submit ourselves to the enemy. When all along, it's the enemy. It's a bad enemy that you need to resist. So instead of resisting, we, we submit. And instead of submitting to God, we resist God. We oppose God. Now, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. A lot of folks say, oh, you know, you know, you can't, you know, God's God. He can do what he wants, blah, 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 blah. No, listen, you know, you can shut down God. The word says you can get, you can, uh, you know, not yield to God. You can, the word says you can be alienated from the life of God by the way you receive from God or not receive from God, all right? And so how does that happen? Well, just by not taking your cues from God. Instead of everything going on and you just submit and yield yourself to that, you know, and all along it's the enemy. So what happens is he keeps taking, keeps stealing, keeps deceiving, keeps accusing, all right? Instead of standing your ground, say, wait a minute, that don't line up. That's bad. That's, that ain't good. So I resist that, and I submit myself to God. I'll take my cues from God, amen, and I'm just, just for a little, little you know, 
little piece of advice here. It's always better to submit first to God, right? Because he might give you a little bit of insight concerning your resistance of the enemy. Otherwise, you get pretty wore out trying to resist the enemy. So it just works better. I'm just telling you, okay, it works better. At first, you submit yourself to God, get your cues from God, get your direction, your clarity from God on what you're dealing with and what's going on, and then resist your enemy. Amen. Because it might just be a simple thing. You know, it might just stand on the blood of the Lamb. It might be a thing, a verse He gives you to stand, uh, you know, uh, stand on. Praise God. So the point is this, okay? You submit to God, you resist the devil, and when you do those things right, guess what? The enemy flees, and that's the way it's supposed to work, all right? All right, let's look at another verse. Let's go to 1 Peter. First Peter and chapter 5, please. All right, 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to go to verse, um, verse 8. It says, be sober. Um, that word there, just uh, the word sober just means uh, self-control, but it literally means to be um, uh, not under the influence of another, okay? So like you think about somebody that's drinking alcohol or something, and then they're sober, it means they're not under the in influence of alcohol. Now, we kind of get that deal, but this is talking about you not being under the influence of something, and it's not referring to alcohol, all right? It's referring to... Uh, the sway of the enemy. It's referring to the manipulation of the enemy. Be sober, all right? In other words, don't come under the influence of what the enemy's doing here, okay? Don't get caught up in something. Now, listen, I'm telling you, this is such a key verse uh, for today because a lot of folks coming under the sway of the enemy, a lot of folks caught up in the manipulation of the enemy, all right? And so what happens, they're under the influence of darkness or under the influence of a lie or under the influence, come on, you, you getting this? Under the influence of, you know, the enemy's manipulation, all right? So be sober, and then it said be what? Vigilant, which means watchful, be attentive, okay? Real simple, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Well, why, why do I want to do that? Well, it says here, because your adversary, and he explains who? The devil, so in other words, your enemy, your bad enemy, so, amen, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, here we go, walks about like a roaring lion. Like a roaring lion. He didn't say he is one, but he likes to deceive and make you think he is one. Come on now. And it says, seeking whom he may devour. And, of course, I always say every time I read that, and when I say it, when I'm reading it, I say this, he may not hear. All right? He ain't gonna, he's not going to take from me. All right? He's not going to devour me. All right? He's not going to manipulate me. All right? All right? It goes on. Resist him then, right? Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. In other words, we all deal with this, okay? There ain't anything new under the sun the Scripture talks about. The enemy uses the same tactics, the same manipulation, the same lies, okay? And he tries it on everybody, okay? So there ain't nothing here happening to you that hasn't happened to somebody else, okay, or those around you, all right? The point I'm trying to make is this. Sometimes we look at it, we think, well, I'm the only one ever going through something. No, you're not. We've all gone through these things. But it says this, the enemy is coming and coming around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. doesn't mean he has to, all right? Now, he, may, he, he might roar and make a lot of noise. In fact, I don't have the reference offhand, but in... Uh, 
In Proverbs, it talks about that the, the, the teeth of the enemy have been knocked out. Okay, so I always think, you know, every time I read that, I always see a toothless, okay, somebody that's trying to be a lion, roaring like a lion, but he's just toothless, you know, and uh, he's got no power, okay, no authority, all right? He's just trying to stand behind, uh, you know, the door or be in the shadows, trying to make a lot of noise to get you to get caught up, manipulated, okay, take it hook, line, and sinker, and then all of a sudden you yield over your authority to him, and he just continues to steal, kill, and destroy. That's how this thing works. But it says if you resist him, remember we read earlier, right? Submit yourself to God, what? Then resist your enemy, because that's your part, okay? Now let me just say this too, throw this out here, something that I've, you know, most of the time when I'm in these texts, I kind of bring that out, but that is this. There's two things that the Word of God says that God will not do for you. He will not receive for you. Okay, that's your part. That's why you have to use your faith. And he will not resist for you. In other words, he won't receive for you and he will not resist. In other words, resist your enemy for you. That's your part. Now, he's given you the power. He's given you the tools. He'll walk you through it. He'll show you how to do it. Come on now. He'll do all of that for you, but you still have to rise up and resist your enemy. All right? You have to stand your ground. You have to tell the enemy, shut up, devil. I'm not giving you any place. You got to take your stand. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. No evil shall befall us. No plague come nigh us. No weapon formed against us will prosper. You got to stand your ground. All right? Take the word, amen, take the weapons that have been given to you, praise God, and stand your ground. Know the difference, all right? You have a good God, you have a bad enemy, and that bad enemy wants to manipulate. Now remember, all he has is manipulation, deception, okay? He does not have any authority, so he can't force himself on you or your household but he can manipulate you, okay? And then through your submission to that, all right, take everything you got. That's how that works, all right? But he has no authority, but he's really good at manipulating. But if you know your enemy and you know your God and you know who you are, you ain't going to have any problem with this, all right? You'll take your authority and you'll back that enemy right out the door, praise God. Amen. Good stuff. Amen. Praise God. Let's do Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, please. And I think for sake of time, um, I'm probably not going to read. I might just read a couple key verse or just at least one key verse. Um, and this is just a simple one here. Ephesians 4 and 27 says this, Nor give place to the enemy. The word place here. Um, means a foothold, um, and it talks about giving in place, which means to yield or give consent or give power to, okay, uh, to give, you know, power, give him a foothold, to give him ground or an opportunity even. Now, you notice here, uh, that's, that's an instruction to you and me to not give him place, which means that the only way he can take ground or have opportunity in your life is if we give it to him. Now, <clears throat> something like said earlier about, you know, being alienated from the life of God. If you kind of back up here in the chapter a little bit further, you're going to talk, find out where you can be separated 
or alienated, okay, from the life of God through manipulation, okay? That's how he works, okay? He comes in, he deceives, he gets you, uh, he gets you to think wrong, okay, or keep you deceived, maybe keep you blind, okay? One of the scriptures says he keeps your mind blind to the truth, okay? So what he does, he does those kind of things. Why? So you stay clear or somehow steer around the abundant life that you're called to, the life of God, all right? But if you know who your God is, you know who your enemy is, and you know who you are, you can always keep on the main road, praise God, always walking in the life of God, the abundant life you're called to, praise God, keeping the enemy, uh, you know, backing off, praise God, amen, keeping the life of God, the Zoe life of God, the absolute life, that pure life flowing in your life, amen, where darkness, where the curse, all that yuck is falling off, praise God, where it isn't controlling you or your household. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Don't give him place. That's an instruction. Don't give him place. Don't give him a foothold. Don't give him an opportunity. Now, the reason I thought it was necessary to read that is because the opportunity is there to do it. But if you're aware, if you know the difference, if you know who your God is, and you know who your enemy is, you ain't as apt to give him place, okay? Let's go maybe one last text here. Let's go to 1 John. Hope you're hearing this today. 1 John. And I'm going to go to chapter 5. And actually, I'm just going to read the last uh, several verses here of, uh, of this text, of John, 1 John 5. And in the light of everything we've been hearing today, Hallelujah. I believe this will make some sense to you. Uh, verse 18, 1 John 5, verse 18. We know, and remember, we've got to know the difference. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. That literally means to practice sin. Okay, so it's not just somebody that made a mistake once in a while, but somebody who practices sin. But he who has been born of God, here we go, keeps himself maintains himself, guards himself, what happened? And the wicked one does not touch him. You mean we can actually get to that place? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, how do you do it? But you're going to have to keep yourself. Maintain some things. You're going to have to stay, remember what the verses are, be sober, be vigilant, okay? Be alert. Know the difference, okay? You're going to have to know the difference, Otherwise, you get caught up in this, and now he's in there meddling in your affairs. Now he's in there uh, messing and touching every area of your life, okay, and stealing, killing, and destroying. But if you maintain your life, you guard, you keep yourself sober and alert, guess what? The evil one ain't going to be able to get a hand on you, all right? Now, Jesus was a perfect example of that, all right? Even when the enemy tried to kill him, all right, he couldn't do nothing to him, all right? Couldn't hold him, okay? Couldn't touch him, all right? Somebody said, well, that was Jesus. And you have to understand, everything that Jesus did, he did as a, as a man, not as God. Some people might not like to hear that, but I, I'm telling you, if, if, if he would have done it all just because that he was the son of God, then you and me, we couldn't do these things. He said, listen, the same works that I do shall you do also, do also and greater works than these you, shall you do. And the reason being is because, why? Because the same, amen, same thing he walked in, you can walk in. Why? Because he did it as the Son of Man, not the Son of God. Now, he was the Son of God. I'm not taking away from that, but he did it as the Son of Man. In other words, showing you and me as our example, 
amen, that we can take our, our lead from him, amen, that what he did, we also can do. All right? So it says here, amen, that, he, that if you keep yourself, and that's what Jesus did, he kept himself, all right? He stayed alert. He stayed sober and vigilant, all right? He followed the cues from God. He submitted to God and resisted his enemy, all right? And as a result, he had no hold on him, all right? It goes on. We know, verse 19, you know, so it keeps saying we know, right? We know that we are of God and the whole world, here we go, the world, all those out there lie under the sway of the wicked one. That's what I was talking about earlier. See, everybody out there, see, that's why he's the, the, the God of this world or the Lord of, of this age. He talks about, okay, or probably the ruler of this age is what I think is how it's worded. And the point being, okay, is that, you know, it, it keeps people under the sway of his manipulation, maneuvering, uh, the, the, the accusing. If you really stop and you look at it, it's, it's almost, in some ways, it's almost comical because it's so obvious now. I mean, the difference, okay, that's out there. If you're, if you're aware of it, okay, it is so obvious, light and dark right now, okay? A good God, bad enemy. And a lot of people are under the sway of a bad enemy. All right. And a lot of their, I mean, a lot of it, you sit and you think, how could anybody even think that way? I mean, it don't even make sense. It doesn't even seem like it'd be even any common sense. But yet, what happened? They're under the sway of the enemy. So it isn't going to make any good sense. All right. It goes on to say, verse 20, and we know, it says that again, that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. All right. He's given us, uh, you know, the word says the mind of Christ so we can think like he thinks, understand things like we're supposed to, praise God, that we may know, here we go again, right, uh, him who is true, and we are in him who is true and in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life, right? In fact, uh, the scripture says this in John 17, I believe it's verse 3, says Jesus defined what eternal life was. It was knowing uh, the one true God and, and the one in whom he sent. That's what eternal life is. So when you make Jesus Lord of your life, you step into a thing called eternal life. Amen? Hallelujah. So that's what he's talking about. So in other words, you're called to this, all right? Because you're in a different kingdom, okay? You're of the light, all right? You, you've, you've tapped eternal life, amen? You're a part now. You're a candidate to experience the abundant life, amen? But you still got to know the difference and not give the enemy place. Verse 21, Little children, keep yourselves. There's that word again. Keep yourselves. It says here from idols. Now, this word um, idols just means uh, images, okay, or substitutes, okay. It also refers to, in fact, I think one translation says guard against all clever facsimiles, okay, which just means copies, okay. Uh, one translation uh, says um, uh, substitutes for God, right, that would take first place in your life. So when we're talking about these idols, that's what he's referring to. He's talking about things out there that somehow um, take the place or somehow we get, see, we get confused and pretty soon, see, if we're not keeping ourselves, we're not staying sober and vigilant, pretty soon the little things that we, we've taken our cues from the wrong thing. Pretty soon we're looking to something else other than what we should be. We get things off. We get things confused. All right. So it makes it real clear if you want to stay in a place where the enemy has no hold on you, where the enemy has, cannot touch you, then you're going to have to keep yourself. You have to stay aware, 
sober and vigilant, praise God. And the first key to all of that, okay, there's a lot of things that we can talk about here, but the first key is know the difference. And that's what he's bringing out in this text. you got to know who you are. you got to know who your God is. Make no mistake in that. you got to know who your enemy is. Make no mistake of that. Good God, bad devil, all right? To me, it's simple, okay? And actually, if you keep it that simple, you might be aware or be, let's put it away, be amazed at how many things start straightening up and going right in your life when you know the difference between a good God and a bad enemy, all right? You get, the, you get to know the difference, praise God. You're more apt to take a stand against darkness, take a stand against that enemy that's trying to manipulate and deceive and accuse. Hope you got something today. Father, we give praise and glory once again. We're thankful for this word. We're thankful for these principles. We're thankful for a people that had ears to hear and a heart to receive. Thank you, Lord God, for making it clear to us. Hallelujah. We have a good God and a bad enemy. And Father, we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.